0: The screams and cries of the victims echoed through the town, leaving a haunting memory that would never fade. What warning signs were missed? What clues could have prevented the devastating tragedy? The rage of the murderer took the lives of eight innocent people along with the extreme panic of the witnesses. This case shocked the entire peaceful country of Finland. The chilling case of Pekka Erik Avenen holds the answers. A disturbed teenager, Eric was a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. His descent into madness was gradual, a slow and steady decline into the abyss. The warning signs were there, for all to see, but no one took action until it was too late. The dark and twisted mind of Pekka Eric Avanen is a stark reminder of the dangers that can lurk within our communities. With psychiatric issues and extreme beliefs, Eric transformed into a predator, preying on the innocent and unleashing chaos and terror. Join us as we delve into the depths of human nature, exploring the darkest aspects of the human psyche. This is the case of Pekka Eric Avenen, a haunting and chilling reminder of the fragility of life. Here's a new location for you to check out. Welcome to Finland. The majority of people think of Finland as a winter wonderland because of its breathtaking landscapes, traditional saunas, and herds of reindeer. Others visit Finland to see the northern lights. However, there is much more to this nation than what initially meets the eye. It boasts the greatest education system in the world, and because of its location, it also has some of the cleanest air in the world which has earned it the reputation of being one of the happiest nations in the world. Finland, which has a population of around 5.6 million people, is really one of the nations in all of Europe that is expanding at the slowest rate, and it even risks decrease by the year 2031. The city of Helsinki, which serves as the nation's capital, has a total urban population of 1.3 million people, making its location on the south coast the most active region of the country. In addition to these, it is an important center for politics, education, the economy, culture, and research in Finland. In order to focus on the matter at hand, we will be heading to Tesula, which is a municipality located just to the north of Helsinki and serves mostly as a commuting town. Pecker Eric Avenen was one of the town's citizens who made the daily trek into the city for employment, since this is the norm for the bulk of the town's inhabitants. Eric, or Eric for short, was a native Tesulan who spent his whole childhood there. Both of his parents, Esmo Ovenen and Michaela V. Lario, were musicians. He took after both of them. Both of them were successful in their own communities. Ismo was also a guitarist, and they both played alongside Michaela, who was a vocalist and played the guitar. The fact that he had a Fender Strat and a Gibson Les Paul demonstrates that he had excellent taste in guitars. Eric, who was born on June 4, 1989, was seven years older than his younger brother, and the two boys, together with their mother and father, raised their family in the rural region of Chichella which is located on the northern edge of Tessula. Eric's birthday was June 4, and his brother's was June 4. A little boy would find life in this place to be dull because it was lovely yet silent. Both of them went to the same elementary school in the neighborhood before Eric moved on to Kekela High School. And when it came to his academic performance, Eric was above average. He was an excellent student who always achieved good marks in comparison to his classmates. When it came to his social life, on the other hand, things were quite a bit different. He was known to be a timid student who kept to himself and was, quote, prone to blushing when he was embarrassed. This reputation preceded him throughout his academic career. Unfortunately, Several of Eric's classmates frequently engaged in bullying behavior toward him. Unfortunately, from this point forward, Eric's narrative will rapidly deteriorate, so make sure you fasten your seatbelt. Eric's conduct changed fairly abruptly and dramatically while he was a student at Jaquila High School, and some of the opinions that he openly expressed were shocking and unsettling. According to the documentation provided by the school, When he was enrolled here, a number of pupils had concerns about his behavior. It would appear that he had threatened them on several occasions and vowed that they would be killed in a white uprising. And according to one of Eric's instructors, he had the beliefs of a radical militant and showed interest in groups on both the far left and the far right. It was revealed that Eric was a supporter of the Nazi party. In addition, it was discovered that Eric suffered from significant anxiety and depression while he was a teenager. In addition to these strong ideas, an unstable emotional state was also present. By the fall of 2006, Eric's parents had begun to express concern over their son's mental health. As a consequence of this, They suggested that he consult a clinical psychologist in order to see whether or not there was anything that could be done to assist him. Although he had some very repugnant opinions, it's important to remember that everyone has the right to have a level head. Unfortunately, after being evaluated by a psychologist, Eric's symptoms of anxiety and depression looked to be moderate. As a result, rather than being given more realistic answers, Antidepressants were provided to him before he was kicked out of the office. If he wanted to receive counseling, though, he would have to wait in line for a number of months. He spent his time in the early 2000s immersed in the peculiar world of the internet, despite the fact that he resided in a sleepy village in Finland and had no interest in sports in general. He was certainly a gamer and, of course, he had a very edge to him. He was also a little bit of a nerd. Eric enjoyed his games and appeared to play a lot of Battlefield 2 back when the series was still good. His bedroom was decorated in the typical way that you'd expect to find the rooms of most teenagers to look during that time period. And as a result of having artistic parents, he learned how to compose his own music, which, while not particularly noteworthy, was enjoyable all the less. The song Anti-Social Aggression was the title of one of his songs. In most respects, Eric was a very typical person to look at. When digging into his inner character, however, a distinctive thinking pattern was revealed that the majority of individuals regarded to be troubling. Let's elaborate. To return to the topic of Eric's mental health, he began taking SSRIs in November of 2006. However, he frequently abused his prescription by skipping doses of his medicine for periods ranging from a few days to several weeks at a time. Selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, often known as SSRIs, are medications that help boost and maintain healthy levels of serotonin in the body. As a result, these medications can be effective in treating a variety of mental health issues, including anxiety and depression. However, because of the lengthy adjustment time, the effectiveness of these tablets is extremely dependent on maintaining a consistent and reliable schedule. A turbulent and inconsistent usage of SSRIs might potentially put you in a worse position than if you had never taken the medication at all. Eric's lack of discipline led to negative outcomes, and as time went on, he became ever more distant from his friends and classmates. Even though he didn't have many friends to begin with, Eric became even more of an introvert as a result of his solitude. Instead, he went to his computer, and as Eric became more immersed in the world of the internet, a deep and dark obsession with violent stuff began to develop in him slowly but surely. Not only was he obsessed with traumatic events such as the shooting at Columbine High School, the siege at Waco, the sarin attack on the Tokyo subway, and the invasion of Iraq in 2003, but he would also save and re-upload footage of these incidents on YouTube, and he worshipped the deeds of the perpetrators. In addition to his growing sense of isolation, Eric's perspectives got more pessimistic. His ideas became more impulsive and his emotions became more unstable. And in March of 2007, he started sharing his opinions online by launching a YouTube channel under the name of Natural Select 89, which was the same identity he used in his gaming identities. These films, together with his thoughts, are going to attract a lot of attention and stir up some controversy. And after being encouraged to do so by his girlfriend he met online, Eric would soon show his face on his channel as well, resulting in the creation of an online video. He also produced a movie in which he mocks every form of religious belief. However, the volume of the accompanying music is so high that none of his remarks can be heard. Eric had an uncomfortable exterior, but when it came to expressing his own thoughts and beliefs, he was quite adamant and outspoken about them. And when those comments were mixed with more than a hundred films of horrible incidents, gradually others online recognized them and as a result, they began to develop a rising sense of anxiety. Despite this, Eric was never the subject of any official investigations that were ever done. However, as a consequence of breaking YouTube's community standards, he did ultimately learn that his channel had been removed off the platform. This infuriated Eric, so he just established a new one and called himself Sturmgist 89, which in German translates to Storm Spirit. By the fall of 2007, his perspectives and beliefs on humankind had become increasingly negative. In addition to this, he had further cut himself apart from his classmates, and the bullying that was directed specifically at him continued. Even though his instructors and parents tried to help, it was ultimately unsuccessful. Eric identified as a member of the social Darwinist camp. He held a strong belief in the concept of the survival of the fittest and frequently cited this philosophy to justify the politically incorrect positions he took. His attitude toward other individuals was exceedingly callous and unfeeling. He was of the opinion that the inferior, stupid, weak-minded masses should be eliminated while only those who were superior in terms of intelligence, self-awareness, and mental fortitude should be allowed to live. Eric believed that he was unique and self-aware, and despite the fact that he was aware that he had a God complex, he rationalized his behavior by comparing himself to other people as the sheep. He classified people as having one of three distinct personalities. Individualistic, manipulative, or both each personality type be counted for 3% of the total population. It would appear that the manipulative humans dominated the world, while the remaining 94% were mass humans, which are individuals that are less bright, less creative, and had weak minds. He expressed himself in a far more vulgar manner, but we won't get into that here. Following is a list of things that Eric has made public and posted on his second YouTube account, which he formed after having his first channel suspended. I am what you would call a cynical existentialist, an anti-human humanist, an anti-social darwinist, a real estic idealist, and an atheist with god-like qualities. For the sake of my cause, I am willing to battle to the death as a natural selector. I will get rid of everyone who, in my opinion, is unsuitable, brings shame to the human race, and undermines the effectiveness of natural selection. You may be wondering why you should care about what I desire and why I did what I did. The majority of you, though, are too hardy and close-minded to comprehend what I'm saying. The reality of the situation is that I am nothing more than an animal, a person, an individual, and a dissenter. I can't take it any more. I don't want to be a part of this culture that's all up. My one-man fight against mankind, governments, and the simple-minded populace of the globe has begun. There is no clemency for those who are the filth of the planet. The value of humanity is overstated, Unfortunately. The hostility and rage that Eric exhibited through his manifesto and online profiles were not hollow threats, and the plans that he had been creating in the background were both terrible and chaotic. Eric's plans were to shoot up a school and kill as many people as he could. And as a result of some disheartening news, Eric found out that he had lost his online lover to another man who also dated people online. The first love he had ever had in his life had abandoned him. Eric did not have any prior convictions on his record, and as a result, purchasing a handgun in Finland, which permits the possession of registered guns, was not an issue for him. In August of 2007, he joined the Helsinki Shooting Club as a registered member and participated in a training session that lasted for one hour. In addition, by the middle of October, Eric had received word that his request for a license to acquire a six-sour mosquito handgun had been granted. In addition, on the 2nd of November, he had already bought more than 500 rounds of ammo. On the internet, Eric's ideas were causing him to become increasingly vocal, aggressive, and brazen in his expression of them. And in point of fact, It had been five months since other YouTubers had begun calling him out on his beliefs since he had first started receiving criticism. Those are the kinds of folks that should be at the forefront of your mind at all times. We never stop discussing the possible warning signals and whether or not we might have anticipated the event. You know what I mean, don't you? If you are interested in looking for warning signals, they may be found here. That should serve as a caution indicator for you. Look into the backgrounds of such individuals. Eric had generated various text papers on his computer by the 6th of November in 2007, which is five months after this video was uploaded. These text documents were both in Finnish and English. The rest of these files were uploaded to a RapidShare account, with the exception of the one that was directed for his mother and father. He was plotting something nefarious, but nobody knew about it at this point in time. The 7th of November in 2007. It was a Wednesday, and we were smack in the heart of the fall semester in Finland. That morning, Eric was never seen in the classroom attending his lesson. Instead, we found him at home, surfing the internet. Eric uploaded a video to YouTube at 9.30 in the morning that showed his skull floating over a pond. The video began with a footage of his school before transitioning to a red picture of him aiming a rifle at the camera. He mentioned this while also linking the video to a post that was published on an internet forum, and he added the phrase history will be made today. Following that, he powered off his computer, mounted his bicycle, and rode it to school, He took something out of his rucksack before entering the basement of the school through a door that was located underneath the cafeteria. This piece of evidence shows the real motivation for his acts. He was holding his six-hour gun in his hands. At 11.42 o'clock in the morning, shots were fired at Sakela High School. His prey consisted of everyone he judged to be unworthy of life. As soon as the pupils realized the gravity of the situation, fear spread across the class. Initially, the kids did not understand what was taking place. At 11.46, five children and the school nurse had been shot, making the total number of victims six. And despite the fact that Eric had met a great number of other pupils, he would just make a snap decision on who he would spare and who he would not spare. When the news reached the head teacher, she immediately ordered all of the children to remain in their classrooms and use the public address system of the school to make the announcement. In retaliation, Eric fired multiple bullets into the hallways of the building. He yelled, imploring the other students to join him in his revolution and stand up for what they believed in. However, when those pupils refused to comply or were unclear about what was going on, He shot at the television in the classroom before departing and did not fire his weapon at any of those children. After climbing a total of two flights of stairs to reach the second level, Eric came across two kids who were lounging on a bench in the hallway. Only one of them could possibly make it out of there alive. After that, he poured an ignitable substance on the wall of the corridor and tried to set it ablaze with matches, but he was eventually unsuccessful. Eric had finally caught up with the head teacher as the clock hit 11.57, and sadly, he shot her. The situation was a tragedy. Just a few minutes later, emergency medical personnel and cops from the local police department began to arrive. The first officers arrived at the site at 12.02pm. After missing all of the cops with his initial barrage of bullets. He repositioned himself near the front entrance and fired two more shots at the officer station there. 12.04. Eric was given the order to down his weapons, but instead of complying, he went deeper into the school and took cover in a school restroom. Since Eric was aware that there was no way out of this situation, he decided to end his own life as the final act of his life. And at exactly twelve fifteen. This terrible tragedy came to a close for good. The cops secured the perimeter of the area using a methodical yet careful operation before stepping inside. To completely safeguard Jekyll High School would require close to two and a half hours of work. Some of those youngsters would leap out of windows and run frantically towards police cars in an attempt to get away. Others remained in hiding until they were discovered. And about 2.30 in the afternoon, Eric was one of the people they found. Unexpectedly, he was still alive, but only hanging on by a thread. And next to him, the Finnish police discovered 75 empty cartridge casings as well as 327 bullets that had not been used. In the midst of the chaos and terror, there were also feelings of shock and horror at what had just taken place. A total of eight people, including students and staff, had been killed at this point, and Eric was at the nefarious center of it all. As the day progressed, details of Eric and the occurrence began to spread around the community. Particularly noteworthy is the combative language that he has left behind on his page. As the ugliness of the reality about his conduct became more apparent, So did the doubts about whether or not this circumstance might have been avoided. Those people who knew Eric in his actual life were taken aback by the activities he took. His character in the real world was completely different from what he presented in his online conversation. And despite the fact that he had previously spoken some strong opinions, he was an introvert who kept to himself, was easily frightened, and was frequently the target of bullying at school. Those who were closest to him recalled his anxiety when seeking for employment throughout the summer. And despite the fact that he wasn't a really loving man, they had no idea that this was going to happen. On the other hand, responses to Eric's narrative in the digital sphere were very different. Those who had earlier expressed alarm over his statements are now left clenching their teeth in rage. And now, in addition to films expressing anxiety about what he may do, there were videos expressing grief over what he had really done. With a respected YouTube who had previously voiced his worries and now coming to the platform once more to vent his frustrations with the platform. I have been exonerated as of today. But I can't help but feel bad about it because it was something I should have foreseen would go wrong with you. Something that I cautioned you to take into consideration in the past. And you didn't. I warned you. I warned you. I. I had a direct confrontation with the child who had perpetrated this deed. I went head to head with him. I created videos that were aimed squarely at him. It wasn't only him that noticed Eric behaving in an aggressive manner. Though. There were already thousands of viewers who were familiar with him. And now, on the day of his horrendous acts, people begin to take notice of the alterations that had been made on his YouTube page. And only a few hours earlier to that, one guy asked the following question in an online forum. I see someone on the internet, and it completely appears like he's preparing something and is ready to do it. Who should I speak to in order to file a complaint? What if this individual resides in a different country? What options do they have in that case? Those concerns were never adequately handled inside a timely manner, which is quite unfortunate. It is not simple to report an internet account that is being used in another nation. It was too late for him. Esmo, Eric's father, was working that afternoon when he got a phone call from one of Eric's friends. The caller was concerned about Eric. It was questioned of him in a concerned tone whether Eric was at home, and then it was queried whether his gun was there as well. Ismo was suddenly overcome with astonishment at that very second. It hit him like a ton of bricks. When he finally arrived home, he saw that his oldest son's bedroom was deserted, and what he found was not the gun secure in its box, but rather a letter written in Eric's handwriting and addressed to him. The title of the letter was to my father, mother, and brother. Eric would later perish tragically from a self-inflicted wound after being transferred to a local hospital for treatment. As a result, he finally succeeded in his attempt at self-elimination, putting an end to all shouts of justice and understanding in the process. This did not happen immediately, but it did happen eventually the investigators started gathering evidence from Eric's family home. And while they were doing so, they discovered via Eric's journal entries that he had begun plotting this back in March of 2007, which was a total of eight months before the Jocula massacre. The investigators started collecting evidence from Eric's family home. And even back then, in the films he released, he portrayed himself as a violent, Marcho guy who harbored dreams of sexual dominance, held strong political convictions, and harbored a deep-seated hatred for those who were weak. So, what exactly are the takeaways from this? There was an abundance of evidence pointing to a potential problem, but nobody understood how to address it, while opposed to -to face-to-face interactions. People may be more willing to provide personal information while communicating over the internet because of the anonymity and distance it provides. People are able to discuss more extremist opinions on the internet because there is a safety barrier protecting them from the ramifications, as you are all aware. But how precisely do you go about reporting someone's dangerous behavior online? particularly if the individual in question lives in a different nation from you. Unfortunately, there is no correct response to this question. Within the context of the modern world, it refers to a procedure that has not yet been perfected. There is no such thing as a universal standard size. If you are able to identify this individual by name and location and the issue appears to be urgent, then your best choice is to get in touch with the authorities in your area. In the instance of Eric, it was rather clear that he was a resident of Finland, and more specifically, Jokula, towards the latter portion of his life. Simply phoning 112 is the easiest way for people in Finland to express their concerns to the government. Also, somebody residing in a different nation might theoretically have done some research and contacted the local police agency to report the incident. However, concerns about invasions of privacy and excessive demands frequently arise. In light of everything that has happened, it is natural for many of us to have the impression that we are exaggerating things. However, at the end of the day, It is worthwhile to make a fuss over the issue if it appears to be a potential risk to one's life and is considerably feasible. It's a really complicated subject with no clear solution, and I found myself difficult to come up with any sound advice to provide in this sticky situation. It would appear that this sort of procedure definitely ought to be investigated in order to assist in preventing such catastrophes in the future, which regrettably leads us to the victims of the case that we are discussing today. It was said that Somali Normi, who was 17 years old at the time, was an outstanding individual to hang out with. He was the unfortunate one who passed away first. His contemporaries Mika Polkinen, Ari Jahani paul Sanin, Mike Kotipani, and Vilvatari came in behind him when he finished, they were all around the same age as he was, give or take a year. The oldest student that passed away was Hannah Ina, who was 25 years old. She was the mother of two young children, ages 3 and 5, when she unfortunately passed away. Nellie had reached the age of 43 at this point. She was the school nurse and she worked with a lot of dedication to take care of the students and staff. She was shot when she was trying to contact for emergency assistance. And the school's principal, Helena Callmy, who was 61 years old and holed up in her office to educate and keep her kids safe, remained there the entire time. She was Eric's final victim before he took her life. Every single one of these victims was exactly the same as you and I. They didn't wake up on that morning with the knowledge that they were going to pass away. They did not have any unresolved issues that may have contributed to their demise. They weren't even doing anything special, all they were doing was existing, so it's a tragedy that on November 7th, 2007, they unknowingly came into contact with a psychopath who was planning to kill them. In spite of the fact that Finland has the third highest gun per capita rate in the world, it has an incredibly low rate of gun violence. This highlights the relationship between mental health and gun ownership. It is important to bring this to attention since it demonstrates the connection. It is generally agreed upon that Finland is one of the most successful nations in the world. It is admired for its high standard of living, prosperous economy, and equitable social structure. The people of Finland have a harmonious relationship with the natural world around them which enables them to fully appreciate the breathtaking splendor of their surroundings. Whether you are a native or simply visiting, the distinct culture, tall spruce trees, sparkling white snow, and vivid northern lights will invigorate you. It is highly recommended that you go. And so, another case comes to an end. But before we part ways, let's take a moment to reflect on the twisted mind of Pekka Eric Avenant A disturbed and isolated teenager, Eric was a ticking time bomb waiting to explode. His descent into madness was gradual, and yet no one saw the signs until it was too late. As we ponder the question of whether anything could have been done to prevent his violent plan, we must acknowledge the harsh reality that some criminals are simply beyond redemption. Eric was one such criminal, consumed by his own twisted beliefs and driven to unleash chaos and terror upon the innocent. If you found this case informative or learned something new, we invite you to show your appreciation by giving us a thumbs up and subscribing to our channel. And don't forget to share your thoughts and opinions in the comments section below. We value your input and look forward to engaging with you further. As we bid farewell, remember to take care of one another and stay vigilant. The world is full of darkness, and it is up to us to keep the light shining. Until next time, stay safe and stay sharp.